Welcome to the Performance Health Podcast. My name is Tim Karen. Today we're going to be going through Strength Coach Chronicles' Time to Leave. This is a blog post we did two years ago, and it comes down to really a fundamental question. Am I accruing more bad days than good days? I know that might sound too simple to be true, but I think at the heart of reason why you would should leave a job is because of that simple question. But quick heads up is you are replaceable. As soon as you walk out and make that decision, someone else is in. So thinking about the bigger picture, when it is time to leave, what actually is the consequence you're going to have to incur to, to make it through that. Head over to phpodcast.com to look at this blog, which is going to be featured on our blog or free education. Go through the curriculum, the modules, specifically the coaching. So if you're resonating with these Strength Coach Chronicles, we have 11 modules dedicated to coaching, and it's more models-based thinking than anything, broken up into principles, practical case study, and interview with the strength coach. And we have some amazing guests that can bring some tremendous value to you as a coach. Point being is if these are resonating with you, we have resources for you to help you. Because if you're feeling it, guarantee you myself or the people that I've been able to bring on as guests have felt it as well. So phpodcast.com is going to be a really good resource for you from the psychology of coaching, from the emotion aspect of coaching, especially if these concepts that we're going through in Strength Coach and the Strength Coach Chronicles are resonating in some way. Also, we have our book, Strength Deficit, available for purchase. This is going to be our technical guide. This is going to be how you leverage eccentric versus concentric strength ratios. And then we have our practical guide to strength, strength deficit. This is a companion guide. This is the, I'm on, I'm on the floor, I'm coaching. How do I implement this to the highest possible level? Lastly, realize.me, this is your command center for all health and wellness performance. Dashboards, experiments, sequestering labs, getting discounted supplements, the value's there. I highly recommend you guys get to realize.me to see and hear more about how you can create a really good program and see the effects of your intervention. Realize.me, your command center for all health and wellness performance. All right, let's get into this Chronicles. Time to leave. See you guys on the other side. So this is our second installment looking back over our blog series, The Strength Coach Chronicles. So if you haven't gone to our website or you didn't know, we have a a pretty expansive blog. We've been running this thing for two years. We alternate between two primary posts, one being this series called Strength Coach Chronicles, where I give my insights and anecdotes from my career um, with hopefully some wisdom. And then the other one, the books I'm reading. So great question in regards to, hey, what do you read? Well, go over to my blog and get a really good insight of what I read and see what I dabble into with all of the the resources available to us. Uh, So head over to phpodcast.com and you guys will see an incredible list of blog series that I've done, which now we're gonna start to do recordings for. So this one is about the idea of when is it the time to leave a job? I think with strength conditioning coach, and I'll give you my, my background here, you know, so I worked as a college strength coach for you know, a latter part of over a decade. And, and I think everyone can kind of relate to this, especially when it comes to the dog days of winter or summer, you know, when you're getting up at 4 a.m. five days in a row 
and you're driving into work and whether you take the highway or you can take back roads, there's always this like intersection that I can just keep going straight, right? Like, and I, I remember it, I could tell you every single job I've ever worked with at Georgia Tech, it was this 85, 95 merger right by the varsity where if I just took 95, I could literally just go home. I could just go home all the way back to Connecticut. I could look at it from getting off the 110 and when I worked at USC for, that was for two years and then getting off the 101 to Vermont. I'm like, man, I could just go the opposite way and take the five all the way home. You know, we're at Army, now I, I, I think I felt it a little bit, um, but I didn't have this long commute because I remember going to my staff, I was like, man, this is, this feels easier and in a way that hopefully doesn't come off as, I don't know, arrogant or or maybe uh, felt like I was accomplished because I still think I worked hard. And I mean, at least I think I did. But when I'm thinking about these like inflection points where you're looking at the, the job isn't what it was at one point and you're trying to process everything and we all have hard days we all have these moments where you're just like fuck it i'm gonna go you know i i I think these are the real aspects of the job especially with how intense it is and how how concentrated it is at certain periods of the year and how much you have to sacrifice but when we're looking at you know do i want to leave my job right and this could be for a multitude of reasons right it could be i want to get another job in another school or another location it could be i really want to change professions right and i felt that and i felt that a lot and um i i actually i personally had that moment professionally twice and i was at georgia tech and one of the ones that's really hard for anyone out there that works with a fall sport like football and a winter sport like basketball at the same time you don't get time off like I didn't have a time off when I was working at Georgia Tech you know thank god they give you paid paid uh, vacation days back but I, I didn't get time off for the entire four seasons that I was there and that burnt me out burnt me out really bad and I was like I don't want to do this anymore I don't want to work strength conditioning more. I don't want to make thirty-two dollars to $36,000 a year working 70 to 80 hours a week, 52 weeks a year. I just don't want to do it. I just don't want this to be the rest of my life. You know, I want to have a family. I want to have other things in my life that, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of. And I don't think I'm sitting there saying I'm this most, you know, well-rounded person who has a lot of outside hobbies and interests like I don't I'm pretty obtuse I have nothing really that I say that oh wow I really enjoy doing that hence why I have a podcast talking about strength and conditioning and the things that I've done and revisiting these things but I didn't want that lifestyle anymore I didn't want that compensation I didn't want you know these moments so I just decided to apply to chiropractic school and I said I was going to pivot entirely well, fortunately enough, I worked for some good people between Eric Ciano and Aaron Osmus, and um, I interned for him before I worked for him. And I think, you know, Eric had a really good insight about me. He's like, this guy doesn't look like he's the same person as he once was. And he contacted AA, when AA had the opportunity to go to the University of Southern California, and he asked if, you know, he would be interested in me, which is a lot to say to someone, you know, for, hey, 
my life's easy. I don't have to train anyone. I got this person covering these aspects. Like for, you know, Siano to say that for me, that was a lot. Um, and, you know, double A giving me a chance to, and it wasn't just foregone conclusion. You know, like I had to interview and I had to go in there and get the job and double A, double A really, really set me up. He's a great salesperson and helped me out get in that position. But I remember when I had the opportunity to interview, I remember when I had the opportunity to get the job, I completely changed gears. Like I, I said, if I was getting in, if I got the opportunity to work at University of Southern California, I'm not going to go to chiropractic school. I got accepted. I got everything. Right. And I think that was a point where I was like, I didn't want to change careers. I wanted to change the job. I wanted to be reinvigorated. I wanted to be in a new city. I wanted to be with a new team. I wanted to have new opportunities. I wanted to lay down inroads for what I wanted to be as a strength coach, which I was able to do in, in absolute spades. But the moment that you get to that point, the moment that you start to look at it, and sorry, the second point was obviously when I was at Army West Point and I decided to shift gears entirely and go become a private business owner, a gym owner um, in California again. Um, but, you know, I think the moment that we think about, it is time to go. It is absolutely time to go. I think you have to look at this objectively, and I think you need to be very, very clear as to what is a very good diagnostic as to should I stay here? Is this a situationally dependent thing that I'm upset about or I'm disenfranchised about, or is this legitimate? Is this something that I'm not appreciated, I'm undercompensated, I'm sacrificing more than I'm getting, and I mean, honestly, if I hear another strength coach talk about they're doing this for altruistic reasons or they're doing this because it's servant-minded leadership, stop. Just stop. It's a profession. It's absolutely a profession. You know, granted, I think there's lawyers out there who do things for pro bono for the right reasons. When you're doing pro bono and you're pulling up with a Lambo or a Mercedes, I don't feel like they're doing this for altruistic, servant-minded aspects. I think we can volunteer our time. I think we can volunteer our, our ideas. I think we can volunteer a lot of things. But the reality is, a person like me has two master's degrees, more education than, than probably 99% of any other vocation in the world has worked more, has contributed more, has been more involved with my profession than any other one in the world. I don't want to do this for free. <clears throat> and I don't want to make, I don't want to be felt guilty about that. I don't want to have this association with what we do and being undercompensated is noble. I'm one of the best in the world at what I do. Why would I want to be paid less than? Why? Because I'm wearing t-shirt and shorts and I'm working with athletes and, and clients achieving their hopes and dreams no like people seek me out people pay people want my services and it's a commodity based industry and supply and demand if this, the demand is there the supply needs to be a certain wage or a certain amount but with that being said is that's, that's not going to get me anything other than maybe some you know a nicer car a bigger house etc it's not the money. 
it's what is associated with the money. It's the respect, it's the appreciation, it's the value perceived with that money. So when a school pays me six figures, or a job pays me six figures, or a person pays me a certain hourly, that means they respect my time that much. That means they associate the value I bring with the compensation they're willing to give me for that. But when I'm looking at it's time to go, and I'm looking at this really big, big audacious question of, am I happy or am I am I sad? Am I depressed? Am I do I not appreciate what I got? Do I not recall the amount of sacrifice? Because I can tell you this definitively: I was probably the most qualified intern in all of strength conditioning, and I interned more places than most people really understand or so when a, a young coach tells me like yeah i don't know if i want to do all that you know part of me is envious of like smarter than i was but the other part was how willing are they to really push and achieve their goals and their dreams you know and i volunteered at high school i volunteered at a velocity i volunteered at harvard i volunteered at springfield at georgia tech i volunteered at old miss I worked as a GA, making nothing, living in a home. I was fortunate for that. But the reality of the situation is, is when you get that first job, you get this milestone accomplished where someone says, you're worthy, you can be paid to do your, your job. It's, it's deflating. It's, it's this let the air out and like, okay, I'm going to settle into being an adult or let I'm going to settle into... I'm a pro now, so I have a, I have a thing, you know, and you know, people answer to me. You feel empty, you know, like the be careful of what you wish for, because you just might get it, kind of thing. And I think we're prudent or rushing to the idea of like, I want to leave this, right? And we're not putting into full perspective the amount of sacrifice you took to get there. And if you get there and you didn't want it, did you really even want it in the first place? And that's a tough thing to process because I think there's a lot of folks out there potentially listening to this that lived in far off remote places making nothing on a futon in a living room for a long time and then getting what they actually want in the first place and realizing they maybe didn't want it or maybe they don't really like what they're doing. And these are really challenging concepts to pack. But on the other end, do you just plow through that and realize you're being under you're, you're being ridiculous or you're being underappreciative for what you got, like the sacrifice you have, or you know, I used to have a boss to tell me, you know how many people want your job? And I would always say in response to it, a lot more people want yours, including me. I'd love to be paid what you're paid or have the responsibility that you have. That's a lot. So I think the easiest way to say this, the time to leave is when you start to think back about all of the days that you've accumulated at your job and start to say, is the ratio shifted more to bad as opposed to good? I know that probably comes off as <clears throat> potentially potentially a little bit less than quantitative um, a little less objective but I think that's the truth man you know and I think not moments 
getting absolutely motherfucked by your boss or working with an athlete that doesn't give two shits about what you're doing or putting five days in a row for months on end at 4 a.m. Those are all things of the job that kind of sucked and that you have to just kind of, you know, deal with. And you put a smile on your face and you say, yep, I'm happy to be here. I, I'm envious of my opportunity every single day. You know, like I'm an eternal optimist. On the other hand, that's all you get. I just get motherfucked constantly by my boss, my athletic director for various things. They're unhappy and they just take it out on you. Our athletes don't really care. You know, we get a person in that either doesn't resonate with the weight room or is enabled to do whatever they want or quite frankly, is not someone that you want to be around. And on the other end, you work in athletic departments with everything you are asked or everything you want to do is outside the purview of your job or not within, not leveraging your skill set the way it should be. These are all things that you should say, I don't want to do that. And that's one of those inflection points I had. You know, I had it at, I had it at Georgia Tech, which if I'm going to say this directly, you know, working 52 weeks a year, seven days a week for the most part, making 32 to $36,000 a year, I would have tolerated that more if it maybe wasn't so concentrated or maybe if it wasn't so hard. Uh, relatively speaking, Army West Point, you know, I'm pulling in six figures and they give you a house. And I think the work schedule was very manageable. You know, I mean, either it was like a product of the commute or if it was a product of uh, other variables. But, you know, I didn't feel that sense of burnout or uh, complete animosity towards the place I'm working. I just felt it was one another challenge. So I think Georgia Tech, when I worked there, was I'm accumulating a lot of bad days. I think I need to evaluate whether I want to do this or do this somewhere else. And thank God I had the opportunity to do it somewhere else because if I didn't do it somewhere else, I would have left the field and I don't think I would be the person I am today. Versus Army, it wasn't a matter of bad days in relation to not being compensated enough or not doing a job with people that I like enough. It was just a matter of the challenge that I wanted from the job wasn't there. Like I felt like I've reached some sort of milestone of whatever crack in the code. And it could be the product of the the athletes, the support, the staff. It could be everything accumulated. So when I'm waking up in the morning and I'm going, what challenges do we have? What jobs and opportunities do we have? I didn't feel that certain sense of urgency that I always had, which I think thrust you in a small business and here you go. There's no such thing as a day where you can't be cognitively, emotionally, and physically engaged with what you're doing because it will fail and everyone else is coming out for blood, which is an amazing thing. Uh, but that time to leave is very simple. It's aggregating good versus bad days for whatever period of time you want. It could be a day, it could be a, a week, a month, a year. It could be it could be during the season of, I can't go through another one of these, or just let me get through the end of this and let me start to evaluate and process things. But if you inventory all the things in your job, and this is something from Rick Majerus' My Life on a Napkin, looking at Jesuit's way of making decisions when he worked at Marquette. So if people don't know who Rick Majerus is, head basketball coach at Utah, lived in a hotel for pretty much the whole part of his career, which is an amazing 
side story. Uh, he decided to leave Marquette to take the Milwaukee Bucks job based off a Jesuit decision-making tree of should I stay or should I go? If there's more reasons to stay, he stays. If there's more reasons to go, he goes. And I think that is a really good indicator right now. And I think when he's looking through it, if he's writing down, should I stay over and over and over again, he's telling his heart, he wants, he wants to stay. You can do that for a cons versus pros situation with the job you're working. If you have a lot more cons, there's a lot more pros. Well, maybe it's time to go. Now, let's say you make that proverbial decision, it's time to go. There's two reasons why we really ultimately leave a job, and this is important. So take a second to process this. You're either getting fired or you get a better opportunity. Bottom line. Someone makes a decision for you or you make the decision for them. And we talked about this last time about asking for a raise. But if you have a better opportunity, absolutely should take it. No question, Doc. No questions asked. You have no loyalty to anyone else but to the opportunity. Go, 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 go. You've made the decision that you want to go based off of looking at these other opportunities out there in front of you because you're not happy. You accumulate a lot of bad days. Cons are outweighing the pros. It's time to go. But those are the two reasons. If you're going to inventory it to two massive filters, if I'm going to look at this objectively and say, all right, in a college strength conditioning or professional sports team strength conditioning setting, there's going to be two real bottom line reasons. I mean, there might be there might be derivatives of that, right? Like better opportunity could be more money, better opportunity to be closer to home, better opportunity could be more responsibility, better opportunity could be working with a sport that you wanted to work with. It could be working at a school that has a lot more opportunities or an organization has a lot more opportunities. Getting fired can have some context, right? The, my head coach got fired and I'm a casualty at war. Or a head coach doesn't like me and they want to replace me. Or something, God forbid, happens, whether I messed up or something happened within my staff that was messed up and I am no longer employable by the university I'm working at. But the bottom line is you're either getting replaced or you're replacing someone. You're getting fired or you're leaving for something better. Leaving for something better. If that is the opportunity you have, whether it's more money, more responsibility, or more in line with what you want, either personally or professionally, you should absolutely go. You should have put that that impetus on your employer to compensate for that. Whether it's compensation they could have paid you. They just didn't. Whether it was being more in line with what you want personally. You know, your wife doesn't want to be there. Your husband doesn't want to be there. Or you don't want to be there. You don't like the cold. You don't like the heat. Whatever. You don't like the cost of living. And then the other part is professionally. Like, man, I'm, I'm top assistant with this power five football program or I'm working with a basketball program year round. That's all I really wanted. Or, you know, I'm, I'm with this organization and that's catalytic, right? Like, you know, I remember when I got to USC thinking about the, the, literally the factory of strength coaches that came out of there. And I'm like, wow, this is, this is that, that incubator, that Silicon Valley moment that you wanted professionally. Like if I can just 
prove myself here. I'm going to be a force to be reckoned with for the rest of my career. That transition, that decision, all those things really boil down to once you look forward, never look back. Everyone is replaceable. Here's the truth. Army West Point continued after I left. It did really well. I mean, really well. USC, Georgia Tech, USC, more in the pretense of getting fired, Georgia Tech, more in the pretense of just transitioning in general, continued. They still got a team. They still got a program. And the second I walk out the door, the second someone else is walking in the door, it's crazy to think about. It's an amazing evolution of an athletic department. It's it's this concentric circle that is truly remarkable. But when you're thinking about it, you have to reconcile with the fact you're moved on and so is the place you worked. You know, it's the it's the going back and checking the social media of some of a person that you dumped and going, oh wow, am I better or worse? You gotta move on. You gotta compartmentalize what you're doing in that moment because you're replaceable. Everyone is. No matter if you left on the pretenses of you got something better or you left on the pretenses of you getting fired. Bottom line is when you walk, when you make that decision to go, you better make sure that it, you knew it was the right one because no going back. I have not been back to Army West Point in six years. Not stepped foot on the post. I've not been in that weight room. Talked to a handful of the people that worked there, but that was kind of a, a very loaded aspect because those guys were actually my athletes. And yeah, I haven't been back to Georgia Tech's weight room in over a decade. Fortunate enough to train someone for pro day at USC. so. He gave me a pass and I got back in USC's weight room. But you walk in there, you're like, yeah, that used to be my office. It's not your office. Oh man, I used to lift to this one. It doesn't, I don't care. You're not, what you did there was completely forgotten the second you walk out the door. So the emotional aftermath that you have to reconcile with and process with is once you make that decision that I don't like being here, that I don't want to be here, that I'm not appreciated, my cops say that I don't like the work, I don't like the schedule, I don't like anything about this. I've accumulated so many bad days. You have to commit to the next step out of respect to your previous employer because they've done that and hopefully giving you the best chance to be successful wherever you make that decision. Right? You essentially dumped your job. You got to go. There's no kind of keeping whatever it is you thought you wanted from that on the side. It's time to go. Time to leave. I've made that decision. Instead of going, getting off that that exit ramp, I decided to go straight. Decided to stay on the highway. I just kept going. You know, the goodwill hunting. I'm going to go see about a girl. You've reached that point. It's like anything. When you make that decision to go volunteer someone, volunteer somewhere and it's halfway across the country and you're living in very squalor, 
you go, you commit, get up every single day, bust your ass, hopefully for a better opportunity, you prove yourself. And when that opportunity comes to, oh man, we'd really love if you stayed on for an extra semester and you go, will I be paid for that? No, no, we can't afford that. Then no, I'm going to go volunteer somewhere else to improve my network. When you get to that point of, hey, we really want you here for another year. Are you going to give me another a two-year contract? No. Okay, it's time to go. When you get to that point of, I'm not challenged, I'm not stimulated, or tired of these conversations of punishing freshmen for just being late or not putting their weights back or innocuous things of not putting their towel on the Taliban. Like, these are silly. These are stupid. Like, this is, I'm done with that. I'm done. I don't want to do that. And you go to your boss and saying, I'm going to take another opportunity. And then literally one minute outside, outside the door, he's already stacking resumes. Who's going to replace you? And then before you can actually empty your office, there's another person interviewing for your job. And before you can make your way out the door, that person is already setting down roots. And then when you go to your new job and your hair on fire going at that, and you check out the social media and you look back at it and you go, oh man, I would have never done it that way. And I made this mistake. I made it with the people that were working at Army West Point after I left, made it with the USC, I made it with Georgia Tech in some way, with whatever I was responsible for. Hey, just want to let you know, you know, that's not the way we did it. What does that have to do with me? What does it have to do with us? You left. Your opinion is irrelevant. You got to move forward. You got to keep your eyes on the next thing. It's the only way to keep yourself sane. It's the only way to make this thing there. Maintain relationships, hold, leave on good terms. I'm not talking about that. But I'm just talking about the best way to make your next thing successful is to not retroactively look back. You made the decision for some reason. Remember, it's accumulating bad days in some way, shape, or form over good days. You have to believe in that decision and you have to commit to it. If you're really good at for maintaining relationships and maintaining friendships, like, I mean, every place I've ever worked, I've had profound friendships and relationships. Happy to say I'm still friends with everyone I've worked with. But once you make that commitment to the next thing, you've got to work your ass off. You've got to commit to that. You gotta go. So, <coughs> recap, time to leave. Very simple, you've accumulated more good day, more bad days than good days in whatever way you wanna diagnose that. You make that commitment and you leave for one or two reasons. Got a better opportunity, and then again, that's broken up into either more money more responsibility, more in line with the personal personal side, or you get fired. And that could be, again, from your superior not being good enough, your superior not thinking you're good enough, or something catastrophic happening. You take that next proverbial step, and you move on to that next goal. And you move, you move forward. 
keep your head down and you grind and you push and you work harder. And you have to ask yourself, and there'll be a moment when you're working at this new job, if you're coming again to that same definitive point where you're just not happy, maybe this is like the third or fourth iteration of that, meaning that you worked at multiple schools and you keep coming to the same bottleneck of not being happy. At a certain point, you got to evaluate. It's not the job, it's you. You don't like it. You don't like it. You don't want to do this. Maybe you should quit the profession entirely. Or maybe you should evaluate why you're doing this in the first place. You know what a pretty good tell for me if you're working for me is if you don't like to work out. If you just sit in the office and putter around looking up recipes or doing nothing in between groups, like you're gonna get a lift in? Nah, I'm not really that interested in that. Why are we doing this? You're probably not here because you really want this or you really love this or you have to do this. You know, there's a really great line I got from my partner in terms of the music industry. If you need to do this, you'll do it. If you want to do this, you won't. No, I think that's the same thing with strength conditioning. I think the same thing where you've got to sacrifice something to get something. It's a universal rule, in my opinion. It's a law of nature at this point. The ones that need to, the ones that want, don't. But if you're working in some of the best weight rooms in the world, in the world, 30,000 square feet, 20 to 30 racks, Kaiser, Aleko, Watson, Atlantis, Prime, go down the road. Access to some of the best sports science. You can test your your force output, your power output, your bioenergetics. Your peri-workout nutrition is right there for you. It's set up. You can just grab whatever you need from the pre-injury and post-workout. You're working with the best athletes in the world that should inspire you. Like, damn, could I, could I fucking do that? Could I do a shit up with, you know, my body weight attached to my waist? I don't know. That's pretty interesting. You know, like, wow, like, can I, can I keep up with these guys? You know, that should be invigorating. That should feel when you have people come to your weight room like, my God, you get to work here. Or do you just go nonchalantly like, ah, eh, it's okay. It's whatever, man. I don't really care. I don't really lift. You're probably not in the right profession. It's the one perk that we do have. It's the one thing that we can definitively say, I get to do this. Question is, do you need to do it? Do you absolutely need to do it? Do you live, breathe, and sleep this? If not, find that thing you will do it for. You should have known that through your internship. I see it all the time with interns. You gonna get a lift in today? Nah, nah, I'm good. Really? <laughs> like, you just did work for your ass off for, no, for nothing. And then you get to this one point where you actually can do something you, you should love doing. It's the reason why you sacrifice everything. And you're not gonna? I struggle with that. I think there's other points too of like, you know, do you read? Do you go to courses? Do you do all these things? Like, when you get to that point at multiple jobs in a row or multiple points in a year or multiple years in a row at the same point, it may not be the job. 
It may not be the school, it may not be the organization, it may be you. Maybe you never really sitting down and asking yourself, why are you doing this? The juice was always worth the squeeze for me. It still is. It absolutely is. You have to evaluate that. And placing blame and onus on the place you're working is a cop-out in a lot of ways. If you keep doing this, find something that you are willing to get up at four in the morning for for five days in a row for multiple weeks on end and still want to get a lift in afterwards or still read a chapter of a book that's quasi-related. That is the that is what we're looking for, the proverbial proverbial destination. That place that you love everyone you're working for, you love everyone you're working with, you love the environment, you love the life. You're living your perfect life. That is the true essence of what this is. I hope it is. I hope that's what you guys feel. I hope if you're listening to this, I hope if you're on the modules, I hope if you're going through all the things that we do here, that you grasp that point. It's not always fun. It's not always easy. It's not always rewarding. But at the end of it all, it's worth it. So appreciate you guys getting on this. Appreciate you guys hearing me ramble. Appreciate you letting me go through some of my stories. Hope that helps. I hope it brings some sort of clarity. I hope the feelings that you feel are not probably by yourself. You know, like the the idea is you're probably not the first person to think what you're thinking. You're probably not going to be the last. We're all in this together. Head over to PH Podcast. Get on this blog. Read it. Go through it. Go through everything else we got. Because um, I think there's going to be a lot more things in there that hopefully help and resonate. All right, guys. See you guys next week.